0: You're listening to a message from Highway Church, entitled, Year of Fulfillment, Part 11 of 11. Enjoy. Father, we love you this morning. Thank you. Lord, we're here. We're here to to worship you, to fellowship with you. We take our eyes off of man, and we put them onto you. We take our eyes off of what we've been through or any circumstances or situations that may be currently facing us. And we fix our eyes on you, Lord Jesus. You keep in perfect peace Him whose mind is stayed on you. So we love you this morning. We say, Holy Spirit, you have full right of way in our lives. We freely submit unto you. You are good. And there's no fear in submitting to you, just joy, expectation. Confidence and hope because you're pure love. So, Lord, have your way in our hearts this morning. Reveal more of Christ to us. Take us higher. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God, you're so good. We've been talking about, we're going to finish this uh, series today. We've been talking about wholeness, the year of fulfillment. In 2017, God has wholeness for you, and he has uh, fulfillment for you, and he has prosperity for you because he's a good, good father. And before uh, Christ came, this type of wholeness was not possible. This type of fulfillment and prosperity was not possible. But he's come now. So we're living life after the resurrection. And it's important when you're reading the Bible to know where you're reading, what the context is. Are you reading before the resurrection or after the resurrection, okay? We're living after the resurrection. Let's look again at John chapter 10, verse 10, and we're going to go deeper into this year of fulfillment, this life that Christ came to give us. He says, that this is the new century version. He says, a thief comes to steal and kill and destroy, and that's exactly whatever that was that came into our bedroom at 4 o'clock in the morning. It was a thief, but I came to give life. Life in all its fullness. Wow. Isn't that good? That's pretty that's that's pretty straightforward, isn't it? That's the New Century version. I want to call your attention to that little word there L I F E. In the Greek, the word is ZOE. I'm not sure how to say it, um, but it's. I'm going to read to you the definition out of Vines Expository Dictionary. So Jesus said, I've come to give life, zoe, or zoe, zoe, in all its fullness. Here's what Vines has to say about the meaning of this word, and this word is used in the Scriptures, and you understand that the meaning of it by the context, which is true of any word, right? Right? He says, zoe, this word here in John 10.10, means life in the absolute sense. Life as God has it. Life in the... I've come to give you life in the absolute sense. I've come to give you life as God has it. This is just the Bible, Okay? Sometimes we read the little word like L-I-F-E and we think we're talking about a board game. You ever play the game of life? No, we're talking about something very powerful here, all right? He's not talking about just existing and getting by day by day. He's talking about living the God kind of life, all right? Life in the absolute sense, life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself. Either I'm getting taller or this stand is dropping. Okay, I I think it's a stand. All right. Uh, that which the Father has in Himself. This is from Vine's Expository Dictionary, Greek scholar. And which He gave to the incarnate Son to have in Himself. So I've come to give you the life the Father has in Himself and the life that He's deposited in me. Now, John chapter 5, verse 26 says this, For as the Father has zoe, in himself, so he has granted the son to have zoe in himself. Very powerful word. Most read right through it and miss the whole thing. So what kind of life does the father have in himself? Pure, unhindered, unstoppable life. Eternal life. Now we're going to read some scriptures coming here that talk about coming up that talk about eternal life. And, and you did leave your religious goggles at the door, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I say that because eternal life, religion has taught people that means going to heaven. And it really doesn't mean that at all. If you have eternal life, heaven is your home and you will go there. But eternal life is very powerful. Eternal not only speaks of forever, but it also speaks of a God quality of life. All right? a quality of life that only God can provide and that we are to experience now, not later. All right? So back to Vine's expository dictionary, then we'll look at some more scriptures. So he says this word zoe is life in the absolute sense. It's life as God has it, that which the Father has in himself and which he gave to the incarnate Son to have in himself and, didn't stop there, which the Son manifested in the world. The Son revealed this life to mankind. Now, let's look at 1 John chapter 1. That which was from the beginning. John 1.1. So the Apostle John, how many books did he write in the New Testament? You guys know? He was the disciple whom Jesus loved, he called himself, right? He wrote the Gospel of John. He wrote 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation, right. So, so in John, John, the Gospel of John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the Word, he's talking about Jesus, and the Word was with God and the Word was God. So here he says in 1 John 1 verse 1, that which was from the beginning, who's he talking about? Jesus, right? Which we have heard, how did he hear Jesus? He was walking with him. He put his head on his chest. He knew what he's talking about, didn't he? Which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of Zoe. Same word, same Greek word. All throughout the Scripture, very powerful. All throughout the New Testament. Go back to that verse for a second. Of the word of Zoe. Now that word is capitalized here. Who's it talking about? In the beginning was the word, Jesus, right? So he's saying, I've heard him personally. I've seen him with my own peepers, right? I've looked upon him. i put my head on his chest. I've touched him. The word of this God life, a life that the father had in himself, that he gave to the son, I've touched it. Verse uh, number two. Now, remember Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the zoe? That same word. Powerful. For the life, zoe, for the zoe was manifested, and we have seen it, and we bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. So he's talking about zoe, and then he says eternal life. Same thing. The God kind of life, okay? Which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. How? Through his son, through the word of Zoé. So this God kind of life was manifested to John and the other disciples, and they began to proclaim it. So he's, he's, he's encouraging other believers. I've seen it. I've tuss, touched it. I've tasted it. And I'm, it's, it's been manifested unto us. Why is he writing that to them? Because he wants them to experience it, right? Right? Okay, we're going to go back to Vine's Expository Dictionary. From this life, this zoe, man has become alienated in consequence of the fall. What does that mean? We were separated from this zoe because of sin. When Adam fell, he died, spiritually and physically. God made him so strong, it took 900 years for his body to stop working after the fall. 900, I forget how old, but at least 900. That's a long time. But he did die, right? That was never God's plan. So we were alienated. Now, this is important because you've been living on planet Earth just like me. And if you haven't heard the good news like you're hearing today, if you haven't learned about this Zoe life, it seems like a fairy tale. You might even reject what you're hearing today. Maybe you've been in church for most of your life or for decades, and you haven't heard this. And you're thinking, this is, okay, what is this, some kind of new theology or I don't know, I've never heard anything like this. Well, it's just a simple Bible. Do you know the simple gospel has been covered by man's ideas? And that was the reason we started this place, to give uh, uh, people an opportunity to come and hear a simple reality of who Jesus is, what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ, okay? So we were alienated from this life. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk. Those are people who have not put their faith in Christ. In the vanity of their mind, it is vain to assume I know what I'm talking about, right? Humility is taking Christ at his word. You're God, I'm not, right? If you say it, I believe it, regardless of what I've been through. Even if my experience is completely contrary to what you're declaring to be true, I believe you over my experience. That's a biggie. Many, many doctrines have been born out of contrary experiences. So rather than staying with the word, that man has created new doctrines to try and explain what they've been through. Don't do that. Don't do that. You'll miss out on the Zoe that Christ manifested, that he came to give you. Verse 18: having, the, having the understanding darkened, that's what happens when well, you don't take him in his word. His word's light. Our understanding is not light, okay? Our own ideas are not light. His word is light. Being alienated from the life of God. You know what that word life is there, don't you? Zoe. Yeah, being alienated from the Zoe of God through how? How can you be? Through ignorance. Wow. Ignorance can keep you from experiencing the God life that Jesus came to give you. I mean, I'm on red alert when when i'm hearing any kind of message whether it's from a, a talk show radio a ministry i don't just listen it's got to it's filtered through jesus and if anything doesn't line up with who he manifested who he revealed himself to be it's not coming in my mind it's not coming in my thinking all right i encourage you to do the same thing don't just just assume that because someone's giving a message at a church that it's the gospel. It could very well be just their own ideas. And we all make, I'm not claiming to, to be perfect. I, 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 we're endeavoring to preach Christ, but we make mistakes. But God is good. We're doing everything we can to put the emphasis on Jesus, all right? Being alienated from the zoe of God through ignorance because of the blindness of their heart. You can be blind and not even know it. Wow when it comes to experiencing this life. This is powerful. How are we doing? Okay? Ignorance of who God is, of what he's done for us, and who we are in Christ can alienate us from the fulfillment he wants to bring into our lives. It can keep us from experiencing the abundant life he came to give us. Back to Vine's Expository Dictionary. All right? And of this life, men become partakers through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's by faith. Yeah. In who? In a pastor? No. In our parents? No. In our kids? No. In Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. In this guy, John 3, 14. This guy right here, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He was all God and all man, and our faith is in him. That's why I said this guy, he became a man, right? Verse 15, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have zoe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, nonstop zoe, right? a quality of life that only God can give. Now go back to verse 14. Jesus is talking, he's likening himself unto the serpent in the wilderness. What was that serpent? You guys remember? Not the serpent in the garden. Don't get him confused. This was a bronze serpent that Moses made, God instructed because people were dying. They were, had poison in their bodies from venomous snakes. And, and Moses held up this bronze serpent, and anyone who fixed their gaze upon it was healed. Jesus said, I'm like that. That was a type of me. That if you'll fix your gaze on me, not what you've been through, not your own ideas, not man's theology, but if you'll fix your eyes on me, you'll be made whole. All right? Hallelujah. Vine's expository dictionary. Eternal life is the present actual possession Of the believer (laughs) because of his relationship with Christ. It is the present actual possession of the believer because of his relationship with Christ. What if there was a bank account in Switzerland that had a hundred million dollars in it with your name on it, but you didn't know about it and no one knew where to find you? Would it benefit you at all? No, but it is yours. But you've got to know that it belongs to you, and you've got to know where to find it, right? It's the same thing with Zoe. You have to know uh, that it belongs to you. Well, you've got to know where to find it first, right? It's through faith in Christ. Then you've got to know it belongs to you. It's just going to sit in the bank, and it's not going to benefit you at all. God wants you to withdraw from your bank account. His riches in Christ is what I'm talking about. So verse John 5 verse 24, he says this, most assuredly, this is Jesus talking, most assuredly, God wants you to be sure, doesn't he? He wants you to be certain and convinced. We talked about that last week. I say to you, he who hears my word, so there is a condition to this, right? You've got to hear his word and believes, all right? Here's my word and believes in him who has sent me. Has now the New King James says everlasting, same thing as eternal. Zoe, same thing, has everlasting Zoe and shall come in, and shall not, excuse me, and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into Zoe. So, most assuredly, I say to you, here, here's my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life in the ever absolute sense. Has everlasting life as God has it. Pretty powerful, isn't it? I don't know if you've ever read that word life the same way. I hope you never do again because it will change, change you. Now, Jesus, you'll notice, uses words like this, most assuredly or verily, verily or truly, I truly... Because God wants you to have zero doubt in your heart about who He is, what He's done for you, and who you are in Christ, all right? He wants us to be completely convinced. He wants a permanent yes in our hearts, right? We're not going to go back to that scripture, but in 2 Corinthians 1.20, it tells us that no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ, I forget what translation it is It says, but God's yes and our yes coming together, basically is how it says, it. I like that. So God wants you to, to receive his yes. He wants your yes to meet his yes. When his yes and our yes come together, zoe happens, all right? Zoe happens. So we say yes to the Lord. Now, faith is just that. It's being convinced. The more convinced you are of who God is, what he's done for you and who you are in Christ, the more you experience who he is, what he's done for you and who you are in Christ. But you do have to become convinced, all right? And that's exactly what faith is. It is nothing less than that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, says, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Sure and certain. Are you sure and certain that with the stripes that wounded Jesus, you have been healed? If I was not sure of that, I don't know what I would have done last night. And I didn't go into details, but she she was in pain on the floor. Didn't look good. And it was sudden. If I wasn't sure, I'd have been in trouble. The time to become sure is now, not if, when a thief comes, all right? It's very difficult to build a foundation in a storm, right? You want to build your foundation when the sun is out. What far too many believers do is they wait when trouble comes, and now they want to have faith. Now they want to study the Scriptures. Very difficult. Because the rain's beating down on you. The winds are blowing. Everything looks dark. Satan's shooting arrows at you of what's going on, and you're trying to pour the cement, you know. (laughs) Now's the time to build it, right? That's when the construction teams want to build, when the weather's good, right? Hallelujah. So faith is being sure, and it's being certain. Listen, this life that Christ wants to give you You will not experience it until you become sure. You can experience pieces of it, but you can't enjoy it consistently until you're sure. Let's go back to John 10 10 in the weast here. I don't want to skip this. This is in the weast. I alone came in order that they might be possessing life. So if he didn't come, we couldn't possess it, right? Possessing means having it now, doesn't it? Right? I, I possess this sweater. That's why I'm wearing it, right? It's mine. It's been in my drawer for a long time. I had to iron it this morning. So I alone came in order they might be possessing life and that they might be possessing it in superabundance. You can't possess it if you're not sure of it. Let's look at 1 John 5. We're endeavoring to make you sure. That's what we're doing right now, okay? We want to destroy the tiniest of doubts, things that may have been plaguing you for years. We want to destroy them. We want you to become a person who's confident in Christ, just like Joshua and Caleb were when they went into the promised land. Everyone else was afraid, and they said, this land belongs to us. We can do it, right? This is the testimony. God has given us. This is 1 John. So who's writing this? Apostle John, right? Right? God has given us eternal life. Why does he even have to say that? They already, he was writing to believers, right? Because if you're ignorant of it, you won't experience it. You've got to know what belongs to you. God has given us eternal life, and this zoe, zoe, is in his son. He who has the son has the zoe. Next verse, verse 12. He who has the Son has the zoe. He who does not have the Son of God does not have zoe. <laughs> I write these things to you who believe. So they already had it, but they didn't know they had it, or they needed to be encouraged in what they had, or they needed to learn more about what they had. He who does not have the Son of God does not have it. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have. Zoe. One of the primary reasons we gather together on Sunday mornings is to grow stronger in what we have in Christ. It is. This is one of the the ministry gifts for the edifying of the body. It speaks of in Ephesians. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the edifying the body. One of the the things that, that God has put in me, one of the gifts, is to edify people with the promises of God. You will be edified and strengthened in who God is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him by coming here. You will be because that's part of God's calling on my life, all right? So that's what we're doing. Now, so that you may know how. So it's possible to have it but not know it according to what John just said, right? It's possible to have the zoe life but not know you have it. To know is to be convinced of it, right? That's faith. When I know I have it. Not I'm going to get it someday. I have it now. And in ministering to people over the years, trying to encourage them to receive healing, it's amazing the things that I'll hear. They'll say, well, I I believe that it's his will to heal me. And, you know, we'll spend time going through the Scriptures, and then, then what they really believe comes out, and they'll say, but it's... Not his timing yet. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, but it's not God's time yet. There's nothing true about that. It's God's time. Now, if Christ hadn't come and hadn't defeated Satan and risen from the dead and took our curse upon him, then I guess, you know, then things would be a little different, a lot different, right? But it's time for you to be whole. God's time for you to be whole is now, all right? Or people will say something like, I'm going to be healed. There's no faith in that. That sounds spiritual, but it's it's not the God life speaking. It, faith doesn't say it. Faith says, I am healed. Faith says, I have been healed. Even if I'm laying on the floor shaking in pain, I have been healed. Oh, Satan hates this. This takes you out of the natural into the supernatural. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a husband and you see your wife laying on the floor. Go, You know, you better know who you are and what God has done for you, right? And it's early in the morning. No one's awake. You don't wake the kids up. You better know who you are in Christ. Yeah, you got to be. This is about certainty that we are people of confidence. We're people of certainty. We're not going to be healed. We're not waiting for our healing to manifest. We have it now. We have received it. We have received it. It's mine. And boy, it makes the devil so mad when you've got symptoms, when you don't look healed, you don't feel healed, and you walk around praising God that you have been healed. It flips the natural, the carnal mind out, but it's the truth anyway. Hallelujah. This is the confidence, verse 14. This is the confidence. This is the assurance. This is the complete trust. This is the certainty. This is the conviction we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us, and if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. We know. Look at that. if we know, then we know. You see that? If we know, then we know. Do you know that you're healed? I know this is different than maybe what you've heard before. This is the gospel. All right? We know it. We know. How can we know that we're healed? How can we even ask God for healing if we don't know it's his will? We can't. We don't know. We were talking about this with some friends this weekend, right? People will say, well, if it's the Lord's will, he'll heal you. Huh? That doesn't make any sense. So there are places that teach it's not God's will to heal everybody. Why do they teach that? Because they prayed for people and they didn't see healing. Or they had a loved one with, a, with something they were battling. or what? But, but that's, not, that's not the reality of it. The reality is that, that in the spirit realm, healing has been provided for all of us. And it's brought into the physical realm through faith. All right? So we can't base God's will on, did someone get healed when I prayed for them? We can't base it on that. We have to base it on the ministry of Christ, okay? And that's how you get, enter into this know and you know, okay? When you know, you know, all right? So I shared with, I think it was last week or the week before, uh, the, the, uh, that the I, church that I know of that teaches that it's not God's will to heal everybody. And then I saw a post made on Facebook where they're asking for, for their members to pray for so-and-so who is in the hospital. I thought, now how can they do that? How can you pray for healing if you don't know it's God's will to heal? That's what religion does. It turns it into a, a, a gamble, right? Roll the dice kind of a thing. There's no faith in that. If it's not God's will to heal somebody, why, how can I pray with confidence? I can't. Because I can... It's, it's, when, when we go back to that verse, what did it say? That if we ask anything according to His will... So if I'm praying, if it's not his will to heal someone, I'm praying to heal and he didn't even hear it. Right? Isn't that right? That's a, that's a vain prayer. So if I'm teaching you it's not God's will to heal everybody, and then I call you up and say, Can you pray for me, I need healing. What, what are you standing on? What's your, what's your scriptural ground that you're standing on? You have none. But if I study the Scriptures and the ministry of Christ and learn that it's God's will to heal, that he's provided it for us through Christ, and I begin to grow in that, now I have a confidence to stand. Now I can say, be whole in Jesus' name. This is such a big thing because our faith plays a part in this, not not God's will alone, okay? You've got to know that you're whole. Boy, oh boy, God wants you to be sure and certain. Mm. So he sent his son to make us sure, to reveal and to confirm his will for us. And the quality of life that he's provided for us has been revealed through Christ. In other words, God's quality of life regarding your spirit, your soul, and your body, his will regarding those things has been revealed. All right? Religion teaches you you can't know the will of God for sure. You maybe get a general idea. You can throw some prayers up there. The more, the better. The longer, the better. Maybe one of them will take, you know. But Jesus came so that you would be certain and sure of his will for your life. Now, specific details about my life, like where I'm supposed to work, how I'm supposed to employ my giftings, that's not revealed specifically in the Word of God. You understand what I'm saying? Who I'm to marry, all of those things. The specific details of my life, I learn as I walk with the Holy Spirit, okay? He reveals it comes through that relationship. But as far as this Zoe life, that was clearly revealed in the ministry of Christ, okay? So we can know that. We can be sure and certain. I can't be sure and certain that I'm supposed to work at such and such a place until I walk with the Lord and I let the Holy Spirit lead and guide me, Okay? So I'm not talking about the specific details, but I'm talking about the fundamental realities of this quality of life for your spirit, soul, and body. Now, Deuteronomy 29.29. This is so good. So I don't know what color God wants me to paint my kitchen walls. Jesus didn't reveal that in his ministry. And I don't know that he's really that concerned about it. He likes to bless us, and he wants me to have the color I want. You know, but it's not something I study the Scriptures about, all right? But regarding the things He's revealed, I'm diligent about that. So the secret things belong to the Lord of our God. My kitchen wall is not a secret, okay? The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, Amen. that we may follow all the words of this law. So everything Jesus revealed in his ministry belongs to you. I would encourage you to eat it up. I mean, just read, study it, meditate on it, and and let it become real to you because it belongs to you, all right? Let's do this. Okay, yeah, Romans 10. Let's go to Romans 10. Then we're going to get into uh, the names of God. So, God has revealed to us this quality of life that belongs to us, but if we don't know it, we're not going to experience it, all right? And by the way, you probably know it already, but what I'm teaching is highly criticized by religious experts. Did you know Jesus was highly criticized by religious experts? You know, it was the religious experts who wanted him crucified. You know, if Jesus was here right now, he might not be very popular in church, some churches, I'm, I, this is just the reality. The religious experts, not all of them, a lot of them hated him because of what he did, because he healed people in church on a, on a Sabbath. So this message, I'm, I'm fully aware that it is highly criticized. And, and you know, we've got, we've got uh, Barry Bennett coming. You know, if you Google anybody's name on the internet, you'll read all kinds of crazy stuff about it. I, I, not that I've seen that about him, but I'm just thinking over the years as I've heard different messages from different ministries, you know, and and, and, and I, I'd search their names, I wanted to f- listen to some more of the messages or whatever, and I'd get the, this ministry just slamming this individual. You know, they're they're one of Satan's messengers, and don't listen to them, and, and, I'd, and I'd, but it's funny, I had listened to one, uh, Kenneth E. Hagan. He's no longer with us, he's in heaven, but I'd listened to him uh, probably back in the, uh, mid-90s, or, or I started listening. I thought, wow, this is excellent, you know? He was, he was teaching what we're teaching now, just the simple faith in Christ. And I had listened to a number of his messages, studied the Scriptures, and I was being really growing in my relationship with Christ. And I was online. I think I was looking at his name. This was years ago. And, man, I, I, I had no idea the, the, the gross criticism of this guy that was out there. I mean, you read, you know, established ministries just slamming this guy. And I read what they were claiming about him. I said, wait a minute. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say that. He doesn't teach that. And they took a quote from him, and they, they said it means this. It's easy to do that. And now they take a snippet of a video, right? Here's, here's 45 seconds of what so-and-so said in their church service. And they're a blasphemer, you know. don't, don't They're this, they're that. Boy, have I seen that. I remember, oh, Boy. I don't know, it was a, two years ago, I saw a very well-known ministry. They, someone took 45 seconds of the minister's wife who was on uh, TV and talking. They took what she said completely out of context, because I was actually watching the service. I saw the whole thing, not just 45 seconds. And what she was teaching was outstanding, would have set people free if they listened to it. But they totally slammed this person, totally tore her up, you know, and they were completely wrong. So don't let the Internet determine what you believe go to Jesus Christ, right? You become sure by studying Jesus, not by Google, all right? I'm thankful for the internet. You can There's a lot of resources out there, but be careful what you're reading. Just because it's an expert in theology, don't assume they know what they're talking about, all right? Hallelujah. Romans 10, is that where we are? Yeah, here we go. Oh, this is so good. God, thank you for your grace in our lives. You are changing us, wow. And it's good. It's good to be changed by your spirit. It's good. We're leaving here stronger today. We we, we shake off the old ways. We shake off the, the stinking thinking, the wrong ideas we've had about you. And Lord, we embrace you as you are. You are God and you are unchanging. Jesus, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we grab a hold of who you are. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says, Everyone. I love Jesus. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone, it's available to anyone. What's that word? Saved, by the way. You remember? Sozo, made whole. Right. Now then, can they call? uh, Excuse me. Now that how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? Next verse, verse fourteen. Well, they can't, right? How you gonna How are you gonna receive salvation? from Jesus if you haven't believed that he's the one who brings salvation. And how can they believe in the one of whom they've not heard? They can't because faith comes by hearing, right? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Not preaching at them, to them. You know why a lot of people don't want to come to church is they've been preached at. And they've not been preached the gospel. They've been pre- preached how, 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 how they're missing it, how they fall short how their sins are keeping them, right? He wants us to preach to people. What? The good news. Let's keep reading. <clears throat> Letting them know the good news. Verse 15. And how they, how can they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. So if you want pretty feet, preach good news, right? But not all the Israelites <laughs> accepted the good news for Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our message? Can you imagine that? God's people not receiving his message. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it tore up on the internet. Not only not receiving it, rejecting it and criticizing it. Well, consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. So if I tear it up, I'm not going to experience it, right? Faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard How? Through the word of Christ. Another translation says it this way the message uh, um, is the message concerning the word of Christ or the message about Christ. So, in other words, if I want faith in who Christ is and what he's done for me, I need to hear who he is and what he's done for me. Isn't that simple? So, faith comes by hearing, and that's true, positive or negative. If I give credence to someone else's views, my faith in their message is going to grow, even though it's contrary to Jesus' message, all right? So we are very careful. We've, yes, we give attention to what we're giving credence to with our ears. Just because you're, uh, you know, in the presence of something doesn't mean you're actually hearing it. Hearing means I'm listening to that, I'm realizing that lines up with Christ, and I'm grabbing a hold of it. That belongs to me now. I believe that, right? So that if anyone calls on the name of the Lord Jesus, they'll be saved. I believe that. I've called on his name, I'm saved. It's just that simple. And it's so simple, the devil hates it, and he wants to keep you from experiencing it. So what you believe depends on what you're hearing, it really does. So if I want to experience healing, I need to hear the word of Christ's healing power. I do. It's just, I mean, there's chances it could happen, but it's, I mean, you just, if you want it to happen for sure, you've got to hear it. You know, there, I've seen kind of just, you know, some people receive it and they really didn't even have any faith for it. You know, that, that happens sometimes. It wasn't on their own faith. It was just they received it though. But if you want to be sure, and I remember Kenneth E. Hagin saying that many years ago when I was learning about this, he said, you know, I I can't promise anyone that if they come, you know, and and have so-and-so pray for them that they're going to be healed. It's God's will for them, but there are many factors involved. I don't know what that person who's coming up to be healed believes. I don't know what's going on, but I can promise you this. I can teach you how to be healed through simple faith in Christ in your own life 24-7. And that's one of my strengths. I can teach that. I know I can teach you how to be whole and stay whole. Just you and Jesus, you through simple faith in Christ. Okay? All right, so let's do this. Let's get short sure, and then we'll finish this up. So God wants to show himself to you. He wants to reveal himself to you, and this is the greatest joy of life. I thank God for the divine health I've enjoyed since the mid-90s, but the greatest joy about experiencing healing was the intimacy uh, that, I, that I've uh, been able to uh, grow in with Christ. and but Real quick, let's put Philippians 3.8 up there. This is the greatest joy of it all. I count everything as loss compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, and supreme advantage of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. That's the treasure right there. Being healed is wonderful, but this is the treasure right here. And of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, of perceiving and recognizing and understanding him more fully and clearly. So the things revealed belong to us, and God has revealed himself to Him. Let's look at a few names of God, then we're going to close it up. Many people don't realize what the name Jehovah means. Let's go to uh, Genesis 22, verse 14. But in the Old Testament, God revealed himself as Yahweh or Jehovah. We say Jehovah. It's a powerful name. It comes from the verb to be when God said to Moses, I am that I am. But it means something more than just to be or I am. I studied this, this name out. and It's very powerful. And it means I am the one who is, and I am the one who reveals myself unceasingly. I'm the one who wants to be known by you. This is the God of the Bible. He wants to be known by you. He wants to reveal himself to you unceasingly for the rest of your life. That means there are things maybe you didn't know about God that he wants you to know. That will change you. But I have to be willing to let go of the things that I used to believe if I want to go forward in Him, Because all of us have things we believe that really don't line up. With Christ, And we, we, as we go on with him, we're like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, okay. Oh, God, that goes and Jesus stays, right? So here's an example. This is in the, in the Hebrew, Jehovah uh, Yire or Jehovah Jireh, we say. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. As it is to this, as it is said to this day, the mount of the Lord shall provide. So God was revealed to us through the Old Testament as I am the one who is, who wants to be known as your personal provider, okay? That changes your confidence, doesn't it, right? That can take you from doubt and fear to faith and joy. God, you are my provider, so I don't have to pound the pavement and try and figure out how to make ends meet. I don't have to stress myself out about how I'm going to pay for this or pay for that. You are my provider, right? I am the one who is, and I want you to know me personally as your provider. Let's look at another one. Exodus 31, 13. Speak also to the children of Israel, saying, Surely my Sabbath you shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout the generations that you may know that I am the Lord who sanctifies you or makes you holy, right? Now the Lord my provider New Testament Scripture on that be Philippians 4.19, right? My God shall supply all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ. What about a New Testament Scripture for this one? I'm the Lord who sanctifies you. I'm the Lord who makes you holy. Well, 1 Corinthians uh, 1.30 says, Jesus has been made unto us righteousness and sanctification, Right? So I'm the one who is. I want, to, I want you to know me personally as your provider. I want you to know me personally as the one who makes you righteous. Okay? Let's look at another one. Exodus 17, verse 15. Moses built an altar and called its name, the Lord is my banner. That's Jehovah Nissi. It means the Lord is my victory, or I am the one who is, and I want you to know me as your victory. It also means the Lord, my miracle. I like that. I'm the one who is, and I want you to know me personally as your miracle. Right? You got time for a couple more? All right. Let's do it. Genesis 48, 15. This is so good. God wants you to be sure of who he is, what he's done for you, and who we are in Christ. Then he blessed Joseph and said, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked The God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day. What is that one? That's uh, Jehovah-Rohi, I think is how you say it. But it means the Lord my shepherd or the Lord who shepherds and cares for me. So God says, I'm the one who is, was, and ever shall be, right? And I want to be personally known by you as your provider, as your sanctifier, the one who makes you holy and righteous, as your victory and miracle i want you to be personally i want you to personally know me as the one who shepherds and cares for you wow do you know him in this way now we can all grow in that right we want to know him more in these ways right exodus 15:26 and he said if you will give earnest heed to the voice of the lord your god not to the critics and the religious experts and do what is right in his sight, and give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which I have put on the Egyptians. Why? For I, the Lord, am your healer, not your make sicker. I'm your healer. What is that one? Do you know Jehovah? Yeah, Rapha, Rophe, yeah. It means I'm the one who is, who wants to be known personally by you as your physician. I had great comfort that we had the physician of all physicians in our bedroom last night. Oh, I had great comfort in that. You're on the scene. He makes house calls. Isn't that wonderful? He's awake day and night. New Testament scroll. I didn't give you the New Testament Scriptures for all these. Let me give it to you real quick. Uh, Sanctification I gave you. God, my victory, 2 Corinthians 2.14. Thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ. For God my shepherd, John 10, 14, I am the good shepherd. For Jehovah Rophe, Matthew 8:17, himself bore our infirmities and carried our diseases. Uh, two more. Jehovah Shalom. You know that one? Judges 6.24. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it the Lord is wholeness. Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Do we put that one up there? Judges 6:24. Is that in there? Oh, there we go. Yeah, the Lord is peace. That's shalom in the Hebrew. Wholeness, prosperity. To this day, it is still in uh, Oprah of the. Oprah? Yeah, it's on the Oprah show. No, he <laughs> called it The Lord is Peace, right? So, God, want, I am the one who is, and I want you to personally know me as your wholeness. And last one. Jeremiah three six in his days Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely, and this is his name by which he will be called the Lord, our righteousness, Sid Canu. Jehovah Sid Canu. I am the Lord, and I want you to know me as your personal righteousness. That's 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him in no sin, to be sin for us, so that in him we would become righteousness. God, my peace is John 14.27, right? Jesus is our peace. Amen. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives do I give unto you. Hallelujah. God is good. So that's it. We want to be sure. We want to be certain. So Jesus revealed himself to us. He revealed the life of God to us so that we can be sure and certain so that the thief wouldn't steal from us anymore. Father, thank you for this time together. Lord, you're doing a work in us. We are not the same. Well, we just look back to December to February, to last week. You are changing us. And Lord, we're not afraid. Your perfect love has cast out every fear of our lives. And Lord, I pray for everyone here and those who may be listening online, if there are any fears or doubts, Father, I pray by your Spirit that your perfect love would be uh, manifest to them, that would be realized in their lives and that that perfect love would cast down every fear, that they would experience the zoe that your son Jesus came to give them. Lord, remove the ignorance from our lives. Help us to study and learn your son Jesus Christ and to grow in the reality of what already belongs to us, that what is ours now. In Jesus' name, amen. yeah.